Thanks for tuning in to Betting the NFL on the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we debate and discuss the NFL, the NHL, English Premier League, Pro Tennis Tours, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. What's up, everybody? I'm Caleb Ochoa, also known as NFL Cab 22, and this is Betting the NFL Week number 13. And as always, uh, my co-host is with me, Derek Wesley, also known as DBZ. What's going on, man? Man, just another week of NFL football, and you know we're here to jump into these lines and try and find the angles to make the people some money. Hell yeah. I will say what's up to Brandon Bob. What's going on, man? Always great to have you with us, um, like we always do. Try to make you guys money this week, um, as we do every single week. But we'll get into week 13 uh, here soon. But before we do that, we got to look back and see what happened in week 12. Um, and I'll go over that now. Favorites against the spread uh, were 12, 3, and 1. Good for the favorites. Um, this week, they're at a 52.9% overall at 90, 80, and 10. Home teams, not so good. Away teams were winning. Home teams went 6, 9, and 1 against the spread. Uh, and away teams have now taken the lead um, overall, 83, 87, and 10. The, the home teams are. And um, they're only at 48% winning percentage there. So a lot of away teams are winning. Oh, and this was the biggest uh, thing that stood out to me. Away favorites were seven and one in week twelve. That was a big, uh, uh, a, a big lopsided for the uh, away favorites there. Um, and, you know, going on the road, being a favorite, I mean, all these home dogs, and you know how much I love home dogs, but they just did not show up last week. They were pretty terrible. And then another big surprise. The overs were hidden. The overs were hidden. The overs hit at nine, nine overs, seven unders. Still, overall, it's been a big under as we've seen all season long. But um, kind of a, a different uh, trend going on uh, with you know away favorites and with the over hidden. What do you think happened uh, last week? Was it just a weird wig, or do you think um, some of this might continue? Well, to a certain degree, with um the favorites on the spread uh, covering and winning to it, it, yes, it was uh, an unusual week. And that's to say that we almost nearly saw uh, from the information I saw out there, the, um, the best, you know, week in, in, a, in the NFL for uh, favorites at the sports book. Um, I think if they'd have gotten, if I'm not mistaken, if the Vikings would have uh, covered and won their game, um, then yeah, it would have been basically a historic week for 
favorites covering the spread. Um, and by that brings yes, it up. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that game. Uh, that's one of uh, uh, the games we're going to talk about. But, yeah, that was definitely on the wrong side of that bet. Most definitely, yes. But uh, And with the overs, you know, I think, you know, to a certain degree, some of, you know, some overplay is, is expected. You know, we've been following this all year, and we've seen the unders come in a lot. Um, one thing I would like to point out that uh, the primetime game unders still seem are just coming in hot and heavy. I mean, even with even in a week where we saw overs uh, hitting, I mean, the, I don't I don't have the exact number, but I believe this year there's only been two or three games in primetime, at least uh, the Monday night and Sunday night games uh, where an over is hit and. We saw it with the the Vikings game uh, against the Bears this past Monday, um, a game where you at least expected one team to be putting up points, and we didn't see that occur. And if you were holding an under on this game, at no point in time were you sweating anything because their points were just, you know, abysmal. They were, you know, MIA, send out the search parties because – in that game, nobody could find the end zone. They hell, they could barely find the field goal. Uh, so, I think uh, not to say that necessarily unders continue, but especially with these prime time games, uh, as far as Monday and Sunday night go, outside of an exceptional matchup, um, kind of like what uh, uh, we got a few weeks back. I think uh, didn't Baltimore and uh, Cincinnati play on a Monday or Sunday night game? Um, Thursday night? It might have been the Thursday night game. Uh, I'm not sure that the unders have been hitting as heavy on the Thursday night games as they have been on the Monday and Sunday night, but I do know that that has still, um, the over has still been coming in more often than not on the Thursday night games as well. Um, but yeah, just with these standalone primetime games, um, I'm, you know, you got you to gotta be going after the under for whatever reason, whether it be bad play, whether it be bad teams. Um, the under has just been the way to go with these primetime games. All right. Now we get to the bad beat of the week, and that came in the Buffalo Bills plus two and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles. They lose 34-31. And Bills kind of should be used to uh, a lot of bad beats now. Um, they've had a lot of them in recent years um, with Josh Allen, that quarterback. And, you know, here it happened once again. Um, all the Bills betters have to go in uh, both on the money line and against the spread. They both kind of suffered here. Uh, Bills fall just a half point short uh, of of the cover there, but, but also fall, fall short. Uh, of the win due to so many miscues in this game that they had. James Cook uh, can't catch a ball uh, for, for sure. Touchdown just completely, you know, bounces off his hands. And Tyler Bass misses a field goal. Uh, but then the worst one was, you know, Gabe Davis and uh, and Josh Allen just not being on the same page. Uh, that was a touchdown. It was a touch. He threw it just the wrong spot. He thought he was going this way. The Dave Davis goes that way. And that was that was the game-winning touchdown. And they just could not connect. And, 
you know, of course, you know, you you, you just let Jalen Hurts just waltz into the end zone uh, on the final drive there to, to win the game when he's done that same goddamn QB keeper for the entire game and you still just didn't say, hey, maybe we should stop that. You didn't do that and you just let him go into the end zone and, and, and score the game-winning touchdown. I mean, my God. I mean, you know, all the all these just so many times the Bills had chances to win, and instead they are the bad beat of the week. Yeah, I was riding, you know, I was riding with this game with the Eagles. I had minus three, so ended up, you know, with the push on this game. Uh, but yeah, you know, I was I was watching this game. There was a number of instances where, you know, as somebody on the other side and watching the Bills move the ball, where I felt like this game was lost, you know, as you mentioned, like there was a number of miscues, but unfortunately for Gabe Davis, what's going to, you know, just exemplify it on the night is that miscue at in overtime. Um, from the way I've heard, heard it put, it's more of a sight adjustment that you might see occur. Um, basically involved, you know, you're reading the safety and, combination with uh, the formation that they were in and essentially the safety voided that space and so that's the reason Allen put the ball where he did I think uh, Gabe Davis was you know running the route that he he was running the route that he was supposed to and whether it just be you know missing that adjustment or that read or you know like I said, it's unfortunate that it happened that way because Gabe Davis, I believe that was a bit of a career night for him. And, uh, six catches, I believe, over 100 yards in the game. Um, so you definitely hate to see something like uh, a night like that end on a sour note like that. Um, we see Josh Allen go to 0-6, I believe, in overtime games. And unfortunately for him, this is one game where I don't, especially in overtime, I don't think you can put the blame – at least not solely on him. Um, yeah. The offense was clearly clicking. Uh, you know, they were one, you know, they were, they were a few feet away from having a touchdown. If the ball was just, you know, a little bit more to the left where Gabe uh, Davis was, we're talking about this being, you know, a Buffalo Bills win. Um, so, yeah, it would, it definitely had to be hard uh, to, Watch the end of this game if you've seen uh, if you were holding a Buffalo ticket, whether it be the money line or on the spread, um, unless you were able to find some numbers live uh, with a little bit of variance. Um, but I don't think the, the game stayed fairly close throughout the majority of the game, so I don't think you would see too much, uh, you know, movement in the line. Maybe later, maybe you, maybe you were able to get that plus three, plus three and a half, maybe four. But you definitely, I don't think you'd be seeing, you know, any plus five or plus six or seven in that range for Buffalo. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, and like you said, that that basically a QB sneak up the middle out of the shotgun. That's pretty much all that QB draw was. They ran it multiple times. At one point, even the broadcaster called it out, where just based off the formation and the alignment of the defense. There's a, there's no reason not to do this. You're going to get damn near 10 yards and it's barely going to run any time off the clock. So even from a hurry up perspective, you know, it was benefiting the Eagles to do so, to run it up the middle with Hertz if they were given that look. 
All right, we'll say what's up to my dad, what's going on? And then Brandon Marzell says, most turnovers the last three years, Alan, he's a terrible quarterback. That's a great offense. Um, I can't say he's terrible. I mean, we've seen a lot of terrible quarterbacks this year, considering all the under uh, unders we've seen. Um, we've seen terrible. I wouldn't put him in that category. You know, he puts up a lot of points. He's, he sells a great, a pretty great arm. Just turns the ball. Like you said he turns the ball uh, way too much, and it, it does um, end up, you know, losing the game for them a lot of the time. Um, and yeah, so I wouldn't say terrible, but you know, sometimes he. He can't play terrible, and then it ends up, you know, costing them the games. Yeah, and I wouldn't even necessarily go as far as to say they've, at any point over the last few years, had a great offense. Now, good offense, yes, uh, but every year it seems to be, you know, some of those more minor things that seem to hold back uh, the offense in Buffalo. Um, you know, we see we saw them fire Ken Dorsey. Uh, and this was after uh, letting go the defensive coordinator earlier in the year um, in a situation where a lot of people felt that a lot of the blame uh, for the for the play that they were seeing fell on the offensive side of the ball and had people, you know, scratching their heads a little bit. Um, but, yeah, uh, does Josh Allen have the ability to at times play great? Yes, uh, I do think the offense that he has been has, you know, help minimize uh, some of the mistakes and some of the, you know, being turnover prone, it it, it can be a bit of a, a double-edged sword at times. You want that, you know, risk taker, that quarterback that's going to try and push the ball downfield, take those shots. Um, but at the same time, you got to make smart decisions with it. And if you're not always making smart decisions, you can find yourself, you know, making bad throws that you shouldn't have if you get a chance to second guess it. All right, now we'll get to the biggest upset of the week. And that came right out the gates with the first game of the week. And that was the Green Bay Packers plus eight and a half at the Detroit Lions. They win it 29-22. Um, yeah, right away we get the week off started with the Thanksgiving game. Uh, biggest surprise of the week. Um, Packers upsetting the Lions. Uh, you know, Josh Love been playing a lot better i mean he showed he's shown that he's he's got some progress since you know um the start start of the season he wasn't playing so well he's he's slowly gotten better and better um he you know he goes 22 of 32 268 yards three touchdowns and Packers were always in control of this game um they they caused a lot of turnovers on Jared Goff. i mean he fumbled three times he's been a turnover machine the last couple of weeks um and then something you, you can put your money on every single year, all the Thanksgivings um, for the past seven years, is that the Lions will lose on Thanksgiving. And just going overall, the whole history of uh, the Lions playing on Thanksgiving, they did start uh, start it, start that tradition. They are 37, 43, and two. So if you want to put your money somewhere, bet on the Lions to lose on Thanksgiving. Uh, it seems like a very good bet, and you'll probably end up winning some money. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it definitely hasn't been a good stretch in the past decade or so for the Lions when it comes to Thanksgiving football. Uh, and, you know, hearing that overall record to me, you know, just, uh, you know, that, that goes beyond my lifetime. Or, and 
I, for the majority of my lifetime, the Lions ain't been good. So that means for a stretch, they were awesome on Thanksgiving football. Like, I just, you know, based off those numbers, I wouldn't be surprised if they went on similar winning stretches to what we see in comparison to this losing stretch. Um, So, you know, it's definitely, you know, sad from that perspective because there hadn't been much for Lions fans to cheer for throughout the decade. So I would think at least being good on the Thanksgiving Day game might mean a little extra more or, you know, mean a little extra. Um, But as you said, you know, uh, this was an ugly game for the Lions offensively, especially in the turnover category. Um, It was something I mentioned last week. I wasn't going to be touching any of the Thanksgiving Day games or the Black Friday games uh, just simply because the – there's no telling what we're going to get. I think for the most part with the the matchups we saw, they played out uh, as expected for the most part. Um, but I don't, by no means do I think anybody really saw Green Bay coming in and upsetting the lines in the fashion that we saw uh, take place. So it says, can you bet on a particular player to have a turnover? Of course you can. There is all types of bets you can make. Um, that, that especially is, um, that would probably be, uh, an over and under, um, type of bet, you know, it'll, it'll say, um, he'll have over maybe one or one and a half, um, interceptions that game. Um, that's probably how they'll lay it out. So you definitely can, uh, or maybe just a half of turnover, which may, means will he have zero or will he have one turnover? Um, that's basically how you would, uh, bet that that's definitely a prop bet um that they they give you on pretty much every single game yeah uh most likely for at every book you're gonna be able to find uh you know that prop bet for uh interceptions thrown now depending on the player um yeah this has been a trend that some out there have been riding with josh allen that you know cashes all pretty much every week him to throw an interception uh and they, they, they can't not put the market up. The best they can do is just, you know, keep increasing the juice on the yes. Uh, because with a number like this, it's it's hard to move it up just simply because, you know, okay, ones happen a lot. You might see a one and a half, but you're not – I'd be thoroughly shocked if somebody out there could find a two and a half on a starting quarterback in the NFL, meaning – the book legitimately thinks there's a chance to throw three interceptions in this game uh, by one quarterback. Now, if we were talking, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago, maybe there were some scenarios that existed. But with the with the play today, um, that's just – you're more guessing at that point to even on the chance a game with, you know, that many interceptions might occur by a quarterback. Um, now it would be interesting to see if we could, uh, if some books put up any sort of fumble, uh, market, you know, uh, to whether it be an offensive player to have a fumble, uh, because you don't necessarily need the team to recover the fumble, uh, to cash this bet if these markets do exist. Um, now this hasn't seen a particular player for a fumble, it's usually it's team fumbles. That's usually what they what they do at the uh, on sports books, um, but it's not usually a player. 
Yeah, I would imagine something that specific uh, might be the type of thing you can find more around uh, championship times, whether you're talking the Super Bowl or maybe um, – and this is purely just uh, speculation, but uh, like with um, the college playoffs, once we get to the actual playoffs and the final four teams, um, there's just – there's less exposure for the books and uh, that allows them in some instances to – do more uh, with games as far as getting into more props or more uh, individualized stats and performances for players. Right. Now we'll get into how we did this week. Um, my record wasn't so good. It was just two and three. Um, but my best pick was uh, Rams minus three and a half at the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I mean, I was uh, when I saw Kyron Williams, was healthy for this game. I was jumping all over this bet. I was like taking the Rams right away when I saw that. Um, and honestly, anybody could have foreseen that when you've seen um, this, this this Cardinals run defense has, hasn't been very good. I mean, they've been pretty bad against the run. Um, and you could just look at what they did last game against the Cardinals. Kyron Williams had a, um, 158 yards last time. So you can even just look at that and said that, oh, this was going to be a Rams victory um, covering easily in this game. You know, Stafford also had uh, four touchdowns. But, you know, Cardinals, terrible team. Um, you know, and I just kind of went with that. Uh, I guess Rams, Rams playing a little better, had a tough schedule. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just – I was extremely confident in this guy and, and this pick. Um, so, yeah, I'm very happy uh, to turn out of that. Um, but how'd you do? What was your best pick? Yeah, on the week, I went one, three, and one. You know, of course, had to get that push. You want to talk about a sure bet? I think me hitting a push every week. If it's a flat number, there's probably a stronger likelihood that that game will finish as a push. Um, but yes, my lone uh, win on the week came in the Colts game as they took on Tampa. Uh, it was a small spread, minus two and a half. They won by seven in this game. I wasn't able to uh, watch it directly, um, but for the most part, uh, it seemed like Jonathan Taylor was able to put together uh, a solid game, even though we did see him leave. I do uh, believe it was a little bit later in the game. Um, but, you know, it was something I mentioned earlier in the season, you know, Baker Mayfield being a, a bit of a fade. And even when this offense was clicking, this team was, you know, struggling a little bit to rack up W's. And I don't know if I said it last week aloud, but that spread should have been larger in that Colts game taking on the Bucks, And it wasn't minus two and a half. It's happy to jump all over that taking on the Bucks, And, you know, they easily covered in this game. Uh, you know, I did mention, you know, that push came on that Phillies game, which had a lot of twists and turns. Um, fortunately for me, I was able to work a, a five-leg teaser um, this past weekend on the NFL. Ironically, the teaser didn't hit, but because of how I was able to hedge it off, ended up making, you know, a little bit of money, which is always the goal. Um, yeah. Coming down to the Ravens game, that Zay Flowers touchdown that, uh, you know, made it a 10-point victory. If he hadn't scored that, 
it would have been a very ugly Sunday. But fortunately, he did. I was able to cash in on a um, margin of victory uh, bet, which off the top of my head, I believe it was, you know, final uh, margin of victory, 7 to 12. It was like plus 400. I was able to get a couple of live lines on the Ravens mid-game, uh, minus five and a half, minus seven. You know, all three of those ended up coming in because of that late touchdown scored. Um, so, you know, didn't end up necessarily being a good, you know, week on the picks, but was still able to go out and find a few uh, different angles to make some money. All right. We talked about the good. So we got to talk about the bad. And we mentioned this earlier. Uh, my worst pick was the Vikings minus three and a half versus the Bears. Um, Bears win it 12 to 10. Um, yeah. And this was just a horrible game to watch. This was a terrible, terrible game. Um, and, you know, it gets just the Josh Dobbs magic, you know, that we were rolling with. Um, we kept rolling the dice um, and we turned up snake eyes uh, on this one because uh, it was it was bad going um, for him, he threw like four interceptions. Um, they only scored 10 points against a very bad Bears team. Um, and it's not like the Bears were doing much offensively. All they did was score field goals. Um, but, you know, I really thought the, the Vikings, uh, even though they lost the previous week, they still covered that spread. Um, you know, I thought they would uh, come out here and still kind of continue that, that 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 momentum that they had on that win streak that they were going that, that they had um for a little while but they just they just didn't seem like they had anything left in them like it kind of just fits that quick in this game and yeah i don't know i don't know how, how to bet them going forward whether what what, what they're going on for quarterback after the bye um they kind of seem questionable themselves so i'm not sure how to bet them going forward but definitely definitely was a was a bad pick for me yeah, this is one where, you know, the Vikings only finished with 10 points. Um, and they, they clearly had chan uh, opportunities and chances uh, from the offensive side of the ball because you don't turn the ball over four times and, you know, still put up any points and not be moving the ball to some degree. So I think if we saw a reduction in that turnover area, not even saying, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. Say he only throws two picks, we might be talking about a completely different game. But that was not the case. Um, I mean, that that's the type of ugly play that it takes for the Chicago Bears to go out and rack up a W. And this is coming from a Panthers fan who knows what bad football looks like this season. So trust me, yes, if you're a Vikings fan, what you saw was probably some of the worst football that you've seen this season. Um, you know, I, I raised a couple questions, you know, back at the trade deadline about what the Vikings were doing because it seemed like they were trying to go both directions at the same time. You know, move off pieces uh, to bring in draft capital. And at the same time, they turned around and drafted Dobbs. I mean, traded for Dobbs after the Cousins injury. Um, though they did not really have to sacrifice much, it seemed like, it, you know, it was counterintuitive uh, to whatever their end goal seems to be. Because um, like you said, it's hard to bet on a team where you're not sure if 
they're already looking towards the draft and trying to improve draft status, or, you know, they're trying to go for the playoffs because, um, you know, these teams, they get caught in that middle ground. Uh, you know, one week it can be a win, the next week it can be a loss. And, you know, we're, we're about consistency and trends and things that we can rely on. And so if they're going to be inconsistent, you know, might have to, you know, turn that, uh, that you know, Dobbs magic fountain off for a little while. Mm-hmm. And wrap up our recap of week number 12. But before we get into week 13, we like to help you guys out. You guys can help us out by subscribing to the channel, hitting the like button. And if you really want to help us out, you can join our Patreon. The link is in the description down below. Join any tier um, that suits you. That would very much help us out. So please do all that. We would uh, very much appreciate it. But now we'll get into our week 13. Five best bets of the week. And I'm going to start off with the Lions minus four at the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, I always like a team, uh, a good team, um, that, and I do think the Lions are a good team, um, that are bouncing back from a complete embarrassing loss on national television. Um, and that's what we saw last week. We saw them get embarrassed on Thanksgiving. Uh, and usually those teams, you know, want to come out, come back the next week. They want to erase what they did last week and come out with, you know, just an outstanding performance. And I think that's what's going to happen um, against the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr is not playing well. He hasn't really played well all season. Um, they can only muster up 15 points and a loss to the Falcons, uh, where he threw zero touchdowns and one pick. Uh, and, you know, Saints have struggled to score points all season long. Um, this, uh, this is the seventh game where they have scored 20, uh, just scored 20 points or less. Um, the Lions just uh, had too many too many offensive weapons and firepower. That I don't know how the Saints are going to score and keep up pace with them. Um, that's barring Jerry Goff not turning the ball over a bunch of times. Hopefully he doesn't do that. I'm betting on, on that he won't. Um, but if he just you know takes care of the ball a little bit, uh, then I, I just I think the Lions are just going to outpace uh, the New Orleans Saints offense, um, you know. And then the Lions had you know kind of a mini buy. They had ten days off playing on thing uh, on Thanksgiving, um, so they have a little more rest than the Saints do. Uh, and you know they've been stewing on that that bad loss um, for a long time. So I think they're going to be ready to go out there and um, you know just put it on the on the Saints. Lions 15 and 5 against the spread last 20 games. And New Orleans is just 1 and 5 against the spread in the last six games. So I like the Lions laying the points. Yep, I'm riding right there with you on this same game. Detroit minus four. Um, you know, a lot of the same reasons you mentioned. The Saints have, you know, they've been a bad team all year. They've been basically what I expected them to be. Uh, coming into the season, you know, still asking questions on what people were smoking when they were picking them to win the division, because even with the division as horrible as it is under its current circumstances, they're still third. So, um, but yeah, we got Detroit Lions who have been four and one on the road this season. At the same time, on the other side of the field, you got the Saints who have been on four at home. Um, I think the spread being around 
around, uh, you know, I'm seeing minus four. You might see it at minus four and a half in some places. Um, you know, it has a lot to do with what we saw last week. Now, yes, this team's coming off a bit of a mini buy with the extra days of rest, but that also allows, you know, a little, not to say extra coaching, but even allows these players to, um, you know, think think back on this, some of those mistakes and things they did wrong on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, also it being a Thursday a Thursday day game, still maybe throwing off that routine and you know just being out of the norm. So being back, you know, on a Sunday game, I think there's a lot of ways uh, for this to be a bounce back game for Detroit. And with the number as low as we're seeing in, you know, minus four, definitely jumping on that and taking the lines to cover. All right. I'll get to my next pick, and that is the Arizona Cardinals at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are minus five and a half, and I'll lay the points with the Steelers. You know, after getting beat down last week in um, my uh, – my, what what was my best pick of the week? Um, I'm looking to double down on fading the Cardinals. They are a terrible, terrible two and ten team. Um, they can't really run the ball anymore. Uh, Kyle Murray is just way too inaccurate, um, and I believe the Steelers' defense will definitely be able to get after him. Um, even though the Steelers uh, only scored 16 points last week, I saw a lot of difference in their offense. You know, they scored. Uh, I mean, they. They totaled about 421 yards. Um, Pickett had uh, 270 yards. So, yeah, they didn't score much points, but they still looked – they were still moving the ball. Um, they still look uh, a lot better than they did with Matt Canada. So I think they can build off what they what they did last week, and, and especially against uh, a, a Cardinals team and um, the, that that gives up a, a rushing yards and we get Rams. And we just saw the Steelers – uh, run the ball very effectively and evenly with both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Um, and I think these two backs can go off on them just as uh, Kyron Williams did. I think it, this is a similar type of um, thing that they can do there. Arizona, three and six against spread last nine games. Pretty terrible. Pittsburgh, 11 and four in the last 15 games and four and one in the last five home games against the spread. So uh, I like the, the Steelers to lay the points here. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree that the Cardinals are a team that you can look to fade just about every week. My only reservations with this game is that spread and the number that it's sitting at because, you know, while, yes, it, it the yardage that Steelers were able to put up last week is definitely an indicator that you would like to see if you're a Steelers fan because – this offense has been the main thing holding them back, especially this season, but even over the past few seasons. Um, and even with all the, you know, the offensive production we saw last week, we still didn't see it translate to points on the scoreboard. And that's what you're going to need to cover this number, because if we see the Steelers go out in another game and only put up 16, 17, maybe even 20 points, you might still be in, uh, you know, a danger of, um, that number not uh, covering, um, whether it be through garbage time, whether it be uh, just a matter of teams not scoring. So I can definitely, you know, get behind the logic of 
fading the Cardinals in this game. They're, uh, you know, a potential area to maybe look at if you're, uh, you're trying to back the Steelers in a way, maybe looking at some of the rushing props for their running backs. Because uh, as you mentioned, you know, it's rushing, uh, the rushing defense for the Cardinals has been bad this season. I'm willing to bet if we go back and look throughout the season, we'll find more than a few running backs that have had maybe not standout success uh, as far as season, as far as the season goes. But when you look at those running backs week by week, I wouldn't be shocked if we found a little bit of a, a increase in production for those that were taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so, you know, if I had, if you, if, if I was forced to, I think I'd go with the Steelers in this game, but I think, you know, as I mentioned, my my main worry is do they put up enough points to cover? Now going into my second peak, uh second pick for this weekend, going to the Indianapolis Colts as their very slim favorite taking on the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, we saw it last, you know, I was riding with the Colts last week. I've been on the Colts a few times this year. Um, not to say that it's Minshew magic, but Clearly, the team, you know, they're able to do enough offensively. Now, it does look like that they'll be without um, Jonathan Taylor for a majority. Uh, if not, I would expect for the rest of the season. Um, but even still, I think, uh, you know, what we've seen out of this Tennessee team, if Derrick Henry is not moving the ball, it, all you have to avoid is the deep pass. Uh not to say that they won't be able to get some passing, some of the passing game working, um, but throughout this season, I mean, we've pretty much seen the same story consistently. If Derrick Henry isn't out there producing, uh, the the offense just isn't able to keep up. And you know, even against the Panthers, they, they there was a chance that the Panthers could have won that game. Uh, now it ended up not being the case, but for a you know, if you want to call yourself a better team in the NFL, you got to beat up on you know some of the lesser teams. And Tennessee was not able to do that last week against Carolina, and I believe that's telling in a lot of ways. And you know, yes, I'd be happier back in the Colts with Jonathan Taylor out there, but even still, I'm gonna take the Colts in this division matchup. Probably, you know, one of the best spreads of, you know, a, a division matchup of, you know, a slim minus one. Uh, but I would not be shocked if this game came down to whoever scores last wins. Yeah, that that's the tough thing about this game. The 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 the, the line really throws me off being so small as it is. Um, you would think the Colts maybe get a little more uh, a couple points more. Uh, just because they have a way you know better record than the Titans do, but you know it, it comes down that low because of this. It's a divisional matchup, and the Colts and Titans, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to trust either team in this matchup, um, considering you know their quarterback situations on both teams, and then you know you got Taylor's out, like you said, Titans still have Derrick Henry on the other side, so I could see I could see the one winning to be honest. Um, that's why it's just really, really that's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. That's why I just was I don't know which way to go on that one. But um, but my next pick is um the Browns at the Rams. Uh, Rams are minus three and a half. 
I'm going to lay the points with the Rams. You know, it's still up in the air whether DTR will be healthy for this game. Um, maybe even Flacco goes out there and starts for the Browns. We don't really know what's going on uh, with the Browns quarterback situation. It hasn't really been good uh, really all season, um, especially now that uh, Washington's hurt. So that they're kind of very in flux there. Um, they obviously coming off of, of a pretty bad loss last week. Um, uh, and then all those side, the Rams are coming off of a really good win. Um, and they've been, they, you know, I've liked what they've done the last couple of weeks. They've gone, you know, back-to-back wins uh, against the Seahawks and Cardinals. Uh, Miles Garrett is also questionable for this game. Um, that could be a major advantage for Stafford um, and this Rams offense. Um, and Rams, you know, are, are going to be at home. They seem to have a good run game going. They have two good receivers. Um, so I definitely like the like the Rams um, uh, in the in this situation um, at home against the Browns. Yeah, I'm mute. Yeah, I'm mute. Yeah, this is another situation where I think you will be able to sort of fade. I don't want to call the Browns a bad team because if outside of the you know this dysfunction we've seen out of the quarterback position the past couple of weeks, this team seemed like they may have have you know found their identity and at least as far as this season was going, were able you know to find ways to win games. And at the end of the day, ultimately that's the goal. You don't necessarily have to win pretty games. You know, you don't have to blow your opponent out every week, but as long as you're racking up W's, that's all that matters. And um, so I do think, you know, moving forward, even if we see Watson get out there just with the level of dysfunction that we've seen out of this team so far. uh, And I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have faith in Watson uh, just from what we've seen. And uh, so, yeah, I would have to definitely go the other way in this matchup. Now to move into my third pick, I'm going to go with a team that at least from, you know, ATS aspect against the spread the past couple of weeks, they found themselves on the losing end, but going to Miami minus nine and a half as they take on the Washington commanders. Um, I don't think there'll be much of a factor, you know, a a warm weather team going up into uh, DC this weekend. Um, And part of that being while the dolphins have had, you know, a very exciting pass game at the same time, we've seen them uh, maintain a dedication to the run game and have the ability to run the ball. Um, and as we move into some of these colder uh, months and situations where you might have to, uh, not to say handicap the game because of cold weather, but one of those small factors that you may have to add in when looking at some of the uh, more minor characteristics of a game. And I think their ability to, uh, to be able to run the ball is something that if need be, they will lean on and not be afraid to lean on. Um, I think with some of these teams, especially when you start talking about uh, some of the more high-powered offenses we've seen over past years, it's a the production is a little dependent on the passing game, whether it be through tight ends or wide receivers. It's still dependent on that passing game being successful. 
And I think at times we see those coaching staffs have a slight fear to lean on their run game. And with Miami, I don't think that's the case. So even, you know, I I do think they come in and blow out uh, the commanders in this game. Just, you know, the, the commander's defense was bad before they got rid of their two best players on that side of the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much about the commanders that is going on that would make anybody want to back them from a betting perspective. Um, and they they even find themselves playing worse at home than on the road as they're one and four at home while th- only three and four away from Washington. So, you know, yes, I like to avoid them double-digit spreads, so I'm glad I got this one at nine and a half before, you know, I expect this to at least go up by half a point or at least a full point, if not more, by the time we get to Sunday. Um, Yeah, the only thing that was carried me away from it was the spread. It's really big, Um, so I kind of shy away from that. But otherwise, yeah, I think that, I mean, definitely the offense have uh, a great opportunity to blow them out um but like like you said washington's not great at home but still um i don't know how well the dolphins are on the road either um they did just beat the 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 jets on the road um pretty badly so uh they got that going for them but i don't know i just gotta stay away from those those big spreads sometimes they just kill me um as they have uh, even just this season so uh but definitely would be on your side if I was going to bet this uh, game. But my next pick is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm going to take the Packers plus six at home. Um, yes, picking against the Chiefs again. Uh, didn't work out last week. Uh, but uh, in the first half, it was looking good for me. Um, you know, the Raiders kind of uh, had like a 14-point lead on them at one point in the game. And that's why I felt confident in betting against them because the Chiefs can't, uh, Chiefs offense still has, you know, I still don't believe they have fixed their, you know, kind of receiving problems of all these drop balls and these miscues that they've had. Um, I still think that can show up um, every now and then. I, and I, and they may not have had that comeback if the, the Raiders had like uh, any consistent offense, um, obviously, because what, what the quarterback situation is, what it is. Um, I think the Packers have a way better quarterback situation and uh, with, with how Jordan Love has been playing. Um, so I don't think the Chiefs can just go out there and, you know, uh, do what they did against the Raiders because uh, they'll have a little bit of a pushback uh, with, with this Packers offense that seems to have gotten going um, in recent weeks. Uh, so I don't think the Chiefs are going to just have an easy time and just uh, put uh, blowing out the Packers. I think it'd be a tough game, close game. Chiefs still win, but – uh, I don't think they covered the six points. No, I'm riding with the same game, but I am on the other side with the Chiefs. Um, yeah, okay. a couple of things you mentioned. I think, you know, inconsistency has been a large issue for the Green Bay Packers this season. And I think in a lot of ways that victory against the uh, the Lions sort of inflated that. Um, and – I just, I, you know, I'm not sure about the health status on a couple players for the Packers, 
But even if this squad was 100% healthy, I still wouldn't be comfortable going out there and backing them against the Chiefs. Now, yes, uh, the Chiefs have, you know, we've seen more offensive struggles out of the Chiefs probably this year than we have in any recent year. Um, but, you know, as last week proved, given the chance, you know, this offense can still can put up points. Um, and I think that's kind of what we see here this week. I don't think Green Bay will get all the second chance opportunities that they got last week against the Lions. And that, you know, that being said, now maybe we see a turnover or two out of the Chiefs. That's quite possible, but I don't think we see as just the frequency of it that we saw uh, in that Detroit game. And, you know, as we get closer uh, to the playoffs, you know, kind of, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, a win doesn't have to be pretty. Ugly wins are still wins. Uh, and the spread being under a touchdown, it definitely makes it a little easier to get uh, get behind. I just, I don't see the Packers being able to keep this game close if KC can find any remnants, uh, resemblance of the offenses that we've seen them produce in the past. All right. Well, we got some disagreement. That's good. Uh, maybe one of us can get a winning week now <laughs> this week. But uh, for my uh, final bet of the week, this one, this one, this one absolutely disgusts me. I hate that I have to make this bet, but I'm not biased in my money. As I said before, um, I, if I see an opportunity to win some money, I'm going to take it. But it, it, I mean, ugh, I mean, it just, uh, it just turns my stomach, makes me want to puke. But I'm gonna take the Philadelphia Eagles plus three at home versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I, I, can, I can barely even say it. I can barely even say that I'm taking the, the Eagles. Um, but they're just so goddamn lucky. They're lucky every goddamn week. I don't understand it. They get all the goddamn breaks. They have the officials on their side every single game. Um, and you know, they at, at some point you just can't deny it. They beat the Dolphins, they beat the Cowboys, beating the Chiefs, and then they beat the Bills. Um, I don't know why they keep getting so damn lucky, but they keep beating these good, good teams, and they're gonna do it again. They're gonna beat another good team. They're just gonna, they, for some reason, they, they make all these great comebacks. Uh, they find a way to win. Um, and I think that's just what's going to happen here. I think, you know, it's not going to look up. It's not going to look pretty. Just like all the other games didn't look pretty. They, um, you know, they don't play well in certain halves of the game. But, you know, in the end, they come out. They they're, 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 they only have one loss for a reason, you know. They just find a way to pull it out of their ass. And I think they're going to do it here again. For what reason? I don't know. They just do. Um, but also, 49ers haven't been so good uh, against the spread lately. Two and four in the last six games. Eagles four zero and one. Has spent less five, so taking the the Eagles. But I don't feel good about. It. I'm just so disgusted with myself. Well, I'm riding with this exact same play. So you know, it might be time you know put the people on alert because that does make three games. You know, two on the same side, one where we differ. But yes. I'm riding with the Eagles in this game, whether it be luck, the tush push, whatever it may be. This, you know, this team has figured out how 
they how they need to play to win the game. Uh, and, you know, kind of in line with – you. Know, there, there's a little bit of freedom that comes with that when you know what you need to do to get the victory. Um, you know, that we've seen this team win some of the lower-scoring games they've been in. We've seen them win games like last week where – you know, it was a bit of a shootout, got pushed to overtime, and even in overtime, didn't back down from the challenge because, if I'm not mistaken, um, they forced a punt from the Bills uh, before the Bills scored their uh, field goal. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, so this definitely makes this team dangerous. Um I think their defensive line will be able to at least bother Brock Purdy. I don't know. It's hard to say uh, how many potential sacks or something like that may come into play because uh, Coach Shanahan scheming protection and, you know, especially utilizing the run game is something that he is an expert at. So, you know, it could be, you know, the defensive line moving Brock Purdy off his spot, rushing him, not letting routes develop. Um, but I do think this defensive line will, uh, for the Eagles, will have a strong effect on this game and how it turns out. Uh, I do think, you know, they slow down the run game uh, that we've seen out of San Francisco. Can they keep seeing, you know, that might be a good bet to look at. Uh the under on CMC to score a touchdown. Cause I'd be shocked if it's, uh, if they're putting that number in it, uh, at one and a half, um, you know, you, you're looking at probably a good plus number, uh, on CMC, not to score a touchdown. Definitely probably not a fun sweat. Cause you know, he's going to touch the ball probably a good 20, 30 times in the game, especially in the red zone. So by by no means am I saying that is a you know a safe play, uh, but if there's a if there's a defense or front seven at least out there that could keep CMC out of the end zone, I think the Philadelphia Eagles have one of those units, um, and to be able to get them at you know as an underdog, uh, you know you might be disgusted by it, but you you know you love them home dogs so. We, we, we're going to saddle up next to this home dog and ride the Eagles plus the three. Um, that are your bets? Yeah, that's all five of mine. All right. Um, that'll wrap up our uh, week 13, five best bets. Um, just to recap, I got the Lions minus four. I got the Steelers minus five and a half. The Rams minus three and a half. The Packers plus six. And the goddamn lucky Eagles plus three. Yeah. Um, to recap my five, I'm going with, you know, on that same lines play minus the four. I got the Colts minus one in their division game against the Titans. Riding with the Dolphins <clears throat> as they, I need 10, you know, I need 10 for a 10 point victory or more. Um, so taking the Dolphins minus a nine and a half. Yeah. On the other side of that Green Bay play, taking the Chiefs minus the six. And yes, riding with those damn Eagles, as we both hope we're sitting here going fly Eagles fly plus three. No, I'm never going to say that. I'm stupid. 
Uh, but Robert Renlazo says hashtag 2.27 hours. Uh, no, we don't do that over here. We keep it to a nice, tidy, neat show. We're not like these other shows that go on forever and ever. Yes. Keep it nice. Yes. We we have a nice format. Now, if you know you 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 want to you want to get those subscriptions up and those likes up, maybe we talk about some kind of bonus show. But that's in you know that that that's a, that's a reward. That's a special thing that you know may every now and then. But yeah, no, you, you you're not getting no two hours, two plus hours here. We get, like I said, we got a nice format. You know, keep everything nice and tidy and locked in. You know, as we try and make the people some money as well as ourselves. All right, you can tell the people where they can find you. Yes, folks, y'all can reach me at Backyard Action Media on YouTube as well as um, the Yard Bets on X slash Twitter. All right, you can find me at NFLKL22 at um, on Instagram and Twitter slash X, and you can find me on this channel. Uh, on Fridays at 3 o'clock, doing good friends, better rivals, talking Cowboys, talking Giants. We will be recapping the Thursday night game um, of Cowboys-Seahawks as well as the uh, Giants game. I have no idea who the Giants play this week. Um, but we'll be Are recapping that week? game as uh, – I, I think maybe, maybe – uh, Let's see. Yeah, I think they are on a bye. But we will yeah, recap yeah. what happened. It's the best we're recap week in the Giants season. Yeah, we're still going to recap the Giants uh, win over the New England Patriots last week, um, and you know, talk Tommy DeVito. Um, but since there's no um, preview, but um, this week since they have a bye, um, we'll still be going over the preview of the Cowboys game next week versus them. God damn Eagles. Um, so we'll be doing all that for you uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So be sure to tune in. Um, but that is our show um, for this week. Um, like like we said, all we do on this channel is make you guys money. So hopefully you guys get all your bets in and you guys go out there and um, go out and make some money. But like I always say, let's get ready to make that money. Yeah.